Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. We just start a new podcast called The Men's Cast. We yeah. just talk about men's soccer. And not about <laughs> us. <laughs> oh, I think we did that already. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Funny Prime. It's got funny That's Prime. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, where's our uh, Timber Titan? JC, remember he had an appointment, so he yeah. may be a little tardy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I uh, I got a message from Mike last night. You saw this, right? On Slack. So, so uh, for those of you listening, most of you, um, we have a Slack channel where we try and get the professional part of Footy Prime <laughs> communicated. So, so JC decided to show a picture of his frying pan <laughs> and, and and a cute little face within the frying pan. And Dubs, of course, jumps all over that. She loves that, right? Um, and I'm like, oh, it's my jam, Charms. Really, it's it just my does. Because our, our Darkwood gets nothing accomplished because it gets lost. All the important stuff gets lost. Hence the Slack channel. So then I, I got this message mm-hmm. this morning. Woke up, ready? All right. <laughs> oh, crying out loud. Here we go. Now it's not playing. <laughs> Jesus Sorry, Christ. James. I- Really excited because I thought that my cookware was speaking to me. Turns out she was. And then we had a moment together with my tigers and we made love. Oh, baby. That's what I woke up to this morning. <laughs> a message from Mike uh, talking about his, his frying pan, his tigers, and his bathtub. Who was making love to whom? I'm not sure. But that's what I woke up to. So that's where I'm at right now. How you guys doing? Great. Excellent. That's Craig Forrest and Dan Wong's here and yes. Jimmy Brennan and Amy Walsh and James Sharman. And uh, it's episode 501 of Footy Prime. We made it to 501. Um, that was a fun show, wasn't it, on Monday, the 500th. Really enjoyed that. Um, we'll get to some Mongers whale sack later today. Yeah, just so but- I have to interrupt, I looked up what a uh- – a whale sack would look like. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, I Is did. It it's in my Google search. So if if I end up <laughs> getting hit by a car or something, make sure people don't look at my Google search. Was that on Pornhub? 
No, it's very <laughs> tough to see. Right. I th- is that I'm, your default search engine? <laughs> it is. Pornhub. Not Google, it's Pornhub. <laughs> um, but uh, the I think the whale sack, the, it doesn't stick, it doesn't hang low like, uh, like no. ours. He's no. a fish. No, well, it's no. a mammal. Well, a mammal. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Jesus. Yeah. It's I a mean? bullshit mammal. It's a bullshit mammal. No. Right? No, no. If you live in the ocean, you're a fucking fish. They went... Do you have a picture of this uh, the sack? It would be a lot of drag, it's, it's wouldn't it? Kind of built in. <laughs> That's no, great forest. <laughs> needs to be streamlined, right? Yeah. yeah. It's built within the uh, maybe, so you wouldn't you don't see it. Maybe that's how he slows down. He just drops a sack. <laughs> <laughs> He's going too quick. Like Roger a drag Bradley. car racer. A drag <laughs> car with the parachutes out back. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna have to see a right whale with a big t- testicular sack hanging down. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah, yeah. what does it grow? So you do research. So the the sack is within the confines yeah, of the it's whale. Within the body, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay, it well, wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be. I mean, I don't think any of us thought it was protruding outside the whale. We've all seen whales, haven't we? <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. I mean, have you, Charms? <laughs> I have seen whales. Yeah. On okay. Television. <laughs> on the outside of a boat before. Yeah, it's yeah. not like a greyhound running full out with his his sack behind him three feet. We need to find we need to find an animal with like a, a really low hanging voluminous oh, expansive a Brahma bag. bull a, what? a big bull a bull mm-hmm. or Brahma bull baboons bull. they've baboons. got the biggest sack you've ever seen in your life they are dragging on the ground there we go mm-hmm. okay, well, the there's your answer which yeah. which mammal has the biggest sack it's apparently a bull. Right now I'm gonna have to look longer. Look it up. up. <laughs> look it up. And also, if anyone has any questions specifically for the broadcast, just put it in the mail slot or the mailbox. Either works. <laughs> Not the mail sack. No. The mail, no, the we, we won't. We won't get said mail. It needs to be that in the it. slot or in the box. Yeah, that's yeah. that's it. And by they're the way, name, for those that taco smugglers. <laughs> I was about to say for those wanting to complain, that was Amy saying that, but now Jimmy <laughs> just said that. So now you can actually complain about being highly inappropriate. Yeah. But would that be misogynist or just no, it's not really, is it? What Jimmy just no. said there. No, it's no. just just dirty. Just a little bit off color, but that's why mm. people are tuning in, I feel like. I right? guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. We if do talk offended, about football as well. It's the wrong podcast, right? It, it really is. We yeah. we cover it all. We do talk about football and we're about to talk about a lot of football in today's show. Uh, the foundational show. I want to talk about, I think it's time we talk about Phil Foden. That's what I think. Mm. Phil Foden's taken a lot of abuse on this podcast, mainly from Dan Wong, <laughs> who has a, a personal issue with him. But I, I think watching him on, on Monday just kind of guarantees, solidifies a fact of just what kind of player he's become. And how if there's one player in, in the Pep era at Man City really personifies Pep as a coach. I think it's got to be Phil Foden, hasn't it? The way he's grown into this world-class force out there. Because he was absolutely incredible on Monday. And it's not like that's a surprise. Regularly, we see that. And now he's, he's kind of forced himself into close to being, there's no one guaranteed to start on Pep teams, but very close to being a starter on Pep football teams in all the big games because he's that important. To that team, should should we give Pep some respect here, Dubs, and Full Foden? Yes, absolutely. Well, I think 
well, I mean, I think Pep always deserves um, some respect, but I think Foden does as well. I think he's a unique kind of player, even in the quality that City have. But the fact that he's still able to assert himself and exert influence on a game um, with the likes of De Bruyne, with the likes of Bernardo Silva, with Haaland back, and he's still able to find pockets of space and space between the lines and always be a threat. And the variety with which he kind of imposed himself and and caused a wreaked havoc. He was real like an agent of chaos, right? Like he was unstoppable almost. So I think, yeah, full credit to Foden. Um, looks really, really good. And uh, I think Pep was even talking after the game how impressed he was with uh, with the way that he kind of dictated the pace of that game. Hey, Craig, you, you, you know, I wouldn't say you grew up, but you saw young players grow up at West Ham in particular, like sort of, you know, Jermaine Defoe, Carrick, Lampard, Joe Cole, these young players, right, who came with such a huge reputation from playing in the junior ranks, right, and how they evolved into the players they became. Is there something you can see in, in that kind of player? Because I, I would compare a Foden's development to, in some ways, to a Frank Lampard. Mm-hmm. A different kind of player, I understand that, but just the way they, they became who they became over a short period of time. Yeah. Um, who was it? Uh, Carr, that was the... Uh... The developing. Tony Carr. That's right. Yeah, he was amazing at uh, West Ham, and he uh, he had an eye for a player. But when you when you see them, when they when they eventually got, hey, let's put in Joe Cole into training at twelve years of age, thirteen years of age, you could clearly see that he had something that was beyond your average player. That they had the potential to go all the way and beyond. Now, whether they do or not, I think Joe Cole had a good career, but I thought it would even be better than it was um, going by what he was at 12, 13 years of age. Uh, Rio Ferdinand, another one, um, just his whole demeanor, attitude, confidence at such a young age was well beyond his years at a, at a teenager. Like I remember playing in goal behind him and he always wanted the ball in incredibly tight positions. Like you see a lot in the modern game now. Uh, however, the pitches weren't quite as nice, but, yeah, he was so confident he wanted the ball even when there was a man in his possession or behind him. Um, as long as you put it on his right foot. Like if the if the, the, the forward was attacking behind him and he wanted possession of it, if he was on the right side of it, he's like, just roll it to my left side. I'll protect the ball. I'm not going to lose possession of it. And I just found that really fascinating from somebody that is so, so young that they had that confidence um, that I never saw and any other player, especially from a defender um, in my career, than Rio Ferdinand. Hey, Frank Jimmy, do you know, was do you know, later developer as well, Frank Lampard. He was probably put into the first team of West Ham a little bit early, and that was Uncle Harry uh, helping him out there, and his dad was also the assistant. <laughs> um, but he outworked everybody else. I'll give him that, Frank Lampard. Mm, little hey, nepo hey. baby, <laughs> nepo baby, a little bit yeah. of nepotism. <laughs> Is that what they call nepo babies? I think so. Sun yeah, Muppet called. babies. Yeah, nepo they're actually called ne- nepo <laughs> babies. It Where's comes from? from you. Usually, it refers to Hollywood st- celebrities where mm-hmm. they just put their kids. You know, uh, if you track back all of the these people that people idolize, uh, they they all kind of track back to one person, and it's uh, Tony Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all related right like yeah, it, it's yeah. basically 
hey, I want to be an actor, dad. So Gary Coleman from Different Strokes, his dad, really famous uh, actor, Harrison Ford. I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) (laughs) Fire longer. Yeah, well, I'm thinking a little outside the box like JC does. Just a little bit. Hey, hey, Jimmy, uh, Craig mentions that confidence for these young players, but there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance, right? Phil Foden really walks that line of confidence and arrogance, but that's fine because he's so great. Yeah. When, you, when you come across a young player as a coach, I mean, do you do you encourage a little bit of arrogance? No, you have to. You have to play with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. You have to have that confidence. Um, and I think part of the reason is as well is, you know, when things aren't going well, you're going to get hammered and you've got to be able to take it. So when you those moments that things are going well, yeah, you have to play with that little bit of confidence. But that helps you. That helps you grow as an individual and it helps in your game when you're confident, playing well, um, have that little chip on your shoulder, that little swagger. But let's not forget as well with Foden, you, you know, he's a he's a great player. Would he be the same player if he was at Leeds or if he was at uh, Everton? No, he probably wouldn't be, you know, because he's playing with world-class players. I mean, alongside him, he's got Alvarez, De Bruyne, Silva, Rodri behind him. He's got Holland up top. Those better players make him better. And training with those players every single day make him a better player. So it's in, it's it's the environment that he's in as well. It's not just Pep. It's not just him. It's everybody collectively is making him a better player. And you can see in his performance, he's he's got so much confidence. But then when he does get the ball and he's taking players on, he's coming inside, the movement of the players around him make mm-hmm. him better as well. And they bring him into the game and make him better. Because they're t- the, he's got these players around him that don't lose the ball, that keep the ball, that find little pockets, little spaces, that that play passes in front of him that make him move and get into these certain areas. Mm-hmm. So it is the players around him that making him be- that are making him better as well. That's true, but I I do think the way that he's he's playing, like he's really elevated his game and and found himself a, a spot where from from Pep's perspective, I don't think he can take him out, out of that side. And that's no, credit to Odin. And yeah. he's done that, you know, no matter what that 11 looks like. And, yeah. you know, when he's operating in, in the middle as an attacking midfielder, um, you know, in the absence of Alvarez, in the absence of De Bruyne, I think you think, okay, attacking midfielder, that this is where he's best. But then you put him out wide to the left and he kind of floats around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in that game, you know, City had very little going on down that left flank. And then Pep kind of fixed it in the second half. But, Foden still finds a way to exert his influence. And I think that, you know, a, a guy who's 23 years old, he's already, I was reading, he's, he's already made 250 club appearances. So yeah. for a really young guy, um, he does have, I mean, that's, and like, like 14 trophies, like something insane. Mm-hmm. So for a young kid, um, he's developed really well, but continues to sort of ratchet up his game. Mm-hmm. Um, with, as you said, the, the support, of, I'm not going to say supporting cast, but I mean, the fact that he's able to stand out amongst those names is all credit to Foden, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. And he's getting a lot of minutes as well. And he's, you know, you know, some players that can come in and play at the top level and don't even miss a beat after being out for a certain period of time. Actually, De Bruyne rings a bell when he played again, <laughs> Newcastle after being out for so long. And then there's other players that need those minutes and need to play all the time to be able to get to that level and keep that sort of um, yeah. 
pace and quality up. And he seems to be one that just gets better and better with the more minutes that he plays, which is mm-hmm. good news for Man City for the closing section of the season. Yeah. Okay, so you, you make good points, but then you have a Calvin Phillips, a guy that was brilliant at Leeds, brilliant at Leeds, goes to Man City. It just doesn't work for him for whatever reason to the point where he's been loaned out to West Ham now. And you wonder about where does his future lie? He's still young enough to think to be, to resurrect his career, put it that way. But I I imagine playing under Pep is also very demanding, right? So again, give a lot of credit to Phil Foden for having that strength of character or whatever it is to deal with Pep Guardiola because everyone says, yeah, I want to play for Pep. But really not that many players can. You're in a pretty small elite group, right, that can, can deal with his, I don't know, eccentricities perhaps is that what it is his demands his expectations because calvin phillips it, it didn't work at all for him mm-hmm. yeah i mean well you could say that about a lot of players that move around i mean look at toronto fc to come closer to home signed a particular italian for an awful lot of money who hasn't settled down and and a guy that you would have thought would rip it apart that's happened a few times Sometimes it just doesn't work. It doesn't fit. You got to recognize that early. Or the players that you're playing around you, for some reason, you just don't seem to blend, you know, have the chemistry and you move somewhere else and you might have it. Yeah. I think it's who he was up against, though, right? I mean, you're going to, you're not going to take Rodri out and, and put Phillips in, right? No, exactly. And I, I think they saw, and he, he was under Bielsa at Leeds, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I, I think he shines there because of the of the type of system he's he's in, he's within, um, yeah. and that suited Phillips. And then he moves over to City, and I think um, Pep was saying, I think not that they made a mistake, but that the the rigors and the demands of that deeper lying midfield position, they they felt like he you know he he was shining under Bielsa, but it wasn't he wasn't well suited to the way that City wanted to play. And you're also up against it and probably one of the best players in the world, regardless of position in Rodri. Yeah. At the same time, when he joined, though, City, Fernandinho was that guy and who's coming to the end of his, his career in that role. So uh, I forget when Rodri came in, mm-hmm. um, but he had an opportunity, right? There was There's a spot to fight for. And obviously one guy went out and became maybe the best player in that position in the world, mm-hmm. which is, again, down to Pep in, in many regards, right? Yeah, I think the the other thing is too. You, you've got to be very, very clever um, when you're playing that, you know that that controller, that holding midfield role in Pep's team, um, because there there is an awful lot of movement. There's interchanging. You've got a center back that might step in. Now you've got to shift a little bit to keep that keep the integrity of the shape. Sometimes Walker will end up stepping inside. You know, you got a right back that's coming in and he's joining alongside you now to keep pressure and keep teams pinned in. So there's an awful lot of movement, awful lot of thinking that goes on in the way that, that Pep plays. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be able to adjust to that. Like a lot of times, if, you know, if, if Calvin Phillips is playing at Leeds, he's played over 200 games for Leeds. So, you know, he's, he's stuck in that position. And if you don't have that interchanging, that movement, and always being aware of what's around you, those those holder midfielders are content by themselves. They're going, no problem. I, I'll protect the back four or I'll protect the back three, whatever it is. But because there's so much movement and people jumping into certain positions within um, Pep's teams, you've got to be aware all the time. And I think that's where he struggled a little bit at times was just that adjustment with everybody kind of moving and overloading certain areas. Yeah, you're right. I think that, I mean, that's one thing we don't talk about, but football IQ has to be up here with Man City players, right? To understand that, not just be technically brilliant, but 
you have to be able to figure out all these tactics and work out what Pep's talking about. Yeah. Remember, I remember Philip. Sorry, was it Euro? I think it was. Or was it the World Cup before then? I think it was Euro when he played for England and was absolutely outstanding. I'm like, wow, this kid's going to earn that position for the next decade, mm-hmm. and it just hasn't happened for him. But hey, it, it still might. Um, yeah. Feel bad for him though. Like you see the last two games that he's played for West Ham and goals mm-hmm. that are completely down to him and giveaways in the middle of the park. And you, you'd like to attribute it to a little bit of rust and not seeing valuable minutes at, at city and, and that he'll find his form again. I really hope that, that he does because you want him to find success, I think. And, and he's, I think he's going to be a guy based on how Southgate selects and the way that players mesh together. Past performances are really valued more highly than current club form. Um, so, you know, maybe he just chooses to ignore it. Um, is, that your, is it your segue dubs to uh, get to? No, it doesn't necessarily Gareth. have it's to a be. Great, it's a great segue for it. <laughs> So you go right ahead, Gareth Southgate taking in Ajax this weekend and, and his boy, Jordan Henderson. There's no way Jordan Henderson is not on that plane to the to the Euros, is he? He's 100% on that plane. He's 100% on that plane and he might 100% be in that starting 11. Uh, where, though? <laughs> he's not, he's not going to get... Is he going to get in there with Bellingham and Rice? Maybe. You play two holders and Rice and... And Henderson? God damn it. And again, I like him. I do. <laughs> this is not me ripping Jordan Henderson. Really, yeah. really good player. But Sorry, can uh, I just jump in um, just on the segue of two holders? <laughs> the um, the biggest testicles go to the, goes to the right whale, whose <laughs> testes weigh a massive 1,000 kilograms. Proportionally, right however, whale, proportionately, however, subs. Sorry. It's the tuberous bush cricket whose testes amount to an impressive 14% of its body mass. 14%? 14%. Yeah. So there you go. Two holders. Going back to Dub's segue. Wow. That's impressive. A thousand kilograms. I would love to know when it's released what they weigh after that. Remember that? What's that, Jimmy? Didn't you put that that scene from uh, (laughs) the special Baron Carter? The elephant one. The The elephant one. What's the movie called again? I can't remember. Sasha Baron Cohen's Inside an Elephant, hiding oh. from someone. <laughs> the, the male elephant does his stuff. Uh, it's the most obscene, absurd scene in a movie that I've maybe ever seen, but I couldn't help myself. But Wasn't well. that the one where he was the, uh, Brothers the leader Clint? of the country? Wasn't What's it called? Mm. The the dictator? Dictator? Wasn't that the dictator? Where they make him escape, he escapes. <laughs> that was the scene Jimmy sent. <laughs> That's how he escapes? The, the dictator. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the Brothers Grimm, wasn't it? Oh, could be too. Oh, right. The Brothers Grimm. Yes. With Danny Dicchio. His, yes. his guest, uh, the co-star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, it's ironic I inter- that an animal with bush in its name is the largest sack. You thought it would be the largest labias, didn't you? Fourteen <laughs> yes. percent of its body is labias. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, oh, no. The Saharan lip cricket. <laughs> <laughs> On a windy day, you can hear it from three miles away. <laughs> well, we hey, listen. We did talk about football for a while. <laughs> yeah. Great. And I thought it was the legs rubbing together. <laughs> <laughs> All those nice summer evenings. Now you're going to think something very different, aren't you? Oh, oh my God. Sitting on the deck, having a yeah. cold beer. Nothing on but a hard. <laughs> That's some good sack friction. <laughs> yeah. 
Sack must be like elephant skin. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Phil Foden has big balls. Mm. No. <laughs> Maybe he does. I guess we'll never know. Yeah. We'll never know. I mean, off <laughs> Jimmy's point, you mentioned Carl Walker. Kind of a segue there, but when, whenever yeah. Carl, you mentioned Carl gets inside and Usually, when that happens, bad <laughs> he things. makes a baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gets so, inside. <laughs> Gareth Southgate better watch out for his tactical strategy at Euros. Mm. That's for sure. Prolific for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Scoring, nonetheless. <laughs> I played with a guy with a massive balls once. <laughs> <laughs> Can I you did. tell us who it was? Well, I shouldn't really. He wouldn't mind. I'm sure he'd quite no. welcome though. No. Which no. which team? West Ham. West Ham? Yeah. Was it Razor? No, it was a goalkeeper. Richard Wright. No, West Ham. Oh, West Ham. Shaka. <laughs> Shaka. No, it wasn't Shaka. Oh. He had a big call. Let me find this out. Oh, <laughs> 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 Maybe you guys can explain this to me, though. Like, you, we talk about like sacking up and having the balls to do something. So, I think like having a big sack is probably coveted, but you don't want it to be too big because then it's disproportionate, right? Then you're. Well, that's right. I don't think anyone wants a big sack. That's no. just. No. It's, we get in well, the way. Gets that's right. Because I mean, it was so big that, and it wasn't like his <laughs> Willie was small, but because the sack was so big, it just. <laughs> Looks like a little nubbin. A little yeah, pillow. It sat on just, top of a speed bag. <laughs> it's like, a, it's like a, a hotel, a little mint on a pillow. Right, <laughs> yeah, a, 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 exactly. A liverminto, liverminto, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, <laughs> this, is, this is definitely the foundational episode, isn't it? Oh boy. And what, what was JC missing? We were out doing right? so well. We were doing sorry. so well. I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I got us offline there because That's you know it. I thought Monday's show was a great show. I really enjoyed it. Right, but we didn't get into too much football because we're celebrating the 500th show. So I thought we should definitely get a lot of football in today's show, and um, I endeavoured to. But I always miscalculate the effect of Wonger. Yeah. On the show. I'm a bit of a <laughs> wild card there. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. So Phil Foden, yes, he looked really good. I want, I think his his face is becoming less punchable, I think, as he gets older. I agree. Right? Okay, yes. but that means that it started off as being punchable. I wasn't wrong, right? Entirely. But okay. it was face, it was rosy-cheeked, it was mm -hmm. maybe like overly eager, and then coupled with like the too much of a fade, or I don't know what was happening with the haircut. Bad hair. Like nah, unlike yeah, like a little fryer. Yeah. Fryer yeah. He's, he's growing on me, though, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Much to I my think, chagrin as a Liverpool supporter. It's also that the, the look of the petulant look he had constantly in his face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, he still has that in his mm -hmm. toolbox for sure. But I'm seeing it a little bit less. He seems to be enjoying his football more, physically yeah. at least. I like I like to see a smile on a footballer's face. Mm. That's what I, like. I love watching Ronaldinho, for example, always smiling. I like that in a footballer. And then you got That's, you know compared to the way he can't shut his mouth. Well, <laughs> that, that could be part of the reason. Yes, oh, he's got teeth like Sheargard. <laughs> Sheargard, that's a name for a tennis cost. racket. Well, <laughs> speaking of speaking of Foden, speaking of Foden and his, and his face, sorry, speaking of Foden and his face and the faces he makes for the players. So, Jimmy, was there anyone who drove you crazy that if you missed a pass, they'd always react a certain way, mm -hmm. and it was act actually detrimental to not only the team but to you? You didn't want because 
you can't always be perfect with the pass going no, at that, full Warner, speed. that happened that happens a lot in games it's like every, everybody does it everybody it, does it no, but there's yeah, got to be someone that's that worse no yeah sometimes there's guys that are worse but mm. you know when, when you're playing and there's a lot in the line especially if you've got good control of the match and balls moving and flowing and then you give the ball away cheaply you know i, I would do i look over and be like wonger what the fuck was that like just to give you a little heads up like hey don't don't do that again stay focused yeah guys hey, hey, ripped the ass man. out of each other Always. really it was vicious Always. yeah because you, you you set the bar like the quality's here the standard's there like you you can't let it drop and if it's yeah, a but there's pack, also sorry jimmy there's the there's that. I think that's that's sort of throughout the game, men's or women's. There, you're always gonna have that standard, and then be disappointed when somebody lets you down. But there are players who are always really demonstrative. Not if somebody makes an error, but if say you're attacking and they're wide open and made an overlapping run or whatever it is, and instead of just running back and being like, "Okay, next time I might get it," and you may or may not. But there's always the players who are like, "Oh, you like lift the arms up." That's that's and what really I was thinking petulant. of. Yeah. No. You mispronounce yeah. Ronaldo. So like an insignia. <laughs> yeah. Insignia. Well, and that's the thing, because when you're it does get annoying. The air, moaning. Yeah, if you're making the decision, you're making a decision at full speed with the with the with the with the ball in your feet, and you're choosing one one person or the other sometimes, and it you're making the best choice you see at that particular time. So when someone all of a sudden gets all dramatic and makes you like it over dramatic and it's almost calling out your decision making. That's mm -hmm. it's calling out yours when you've still made a good play to someone else. Almost like you know the uh, Defoe. You know who's taking the penalty with yeah. TFC. But the other thing is too Wonger. When it's very obvious, if you're if you're coming down the middle with a ball and I start breaking out to the left, then I'm wide open, and you hit fours or dubs, who's not in a better position. The crowd also see that as well because, especially in England, England they're, they're very educated. They understand the game. Mm. The fans will even let you know and call you out on your decision that you've made, as well as a player. Because I, I would be putting my hands up, going, "How did you not see me?" And you saw those two. Yeah. Yeah, because there it's the nature of the run as well. There's there's yeah. a selfless run to create space for your teammates. Whereas a central midfielder, I make a diagonal run kind of towards the corner flag if the ball's on the right to open up that central space for somebody else to come into or for, say, Forrest or Jimmy with the ball to dribble into. Mm -hmm. Right? There's that, but then there's the run that Jimmy's talking about where you've ran 20 or 30 yards and it's by far and away the best option. And it's almost, you don't get it because you deserve it. You get it because that's where the ball should go. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's that's really frustrating. I'll give you a bit of an example of something like that, very similar, was the Decanio great goal that was ranked the best ever at Upton Park. Everybody's pretty well seen the Decanio goal with the, the scissor. The scissor kick. Uh, the ball was from Trevor Sinclair from way out right. And Steve Lomas had made that run around him, overlapped him, and the best option for Trevor Sinclair was to lay Steve Lomas in down the right-hand side. And as he was striking the ball, Lomas was – basically fucking him off. He was just like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, 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 oh I'll allow it. <laughs> Still should have given it to me. Yeah. yeah. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Can I ask uh, Jimmy and Dubs, though, when you are making these these comments and talking about situations uh, and all about players making runs, you don't need to mention Craig's name. You can mention myself or Wonga because there's more chance of me and Craig, me and Wonga making that run than a fucking goalkeeper. <laughs> Just so you know. If Craig's Craig making that run, there's something gone very wrong. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen. Um, I will say this. I mean, one thing, the level you guys play, though, you can all, you're all elite athletes. You're all excellent footballers. You all, everyone on that field can make that run or make that pass. The annoying thing is when you're playing, and I'm sure many people listening to this can, can understand, when you're playing shit level football or any sport, and there's the shit, shit, shit player, the really bad player who's always the mouthpiece complaining yeah. about. It's like, no, 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 no. You've got to earn the right to yell and, and criticize your teammates. You, you have to be half decent at least, or at least a hard worker. You can't be the shit lazy guy with no skill in his boots whatsoever, complaining and whining and, and, and just, you know, berating his teammates. It doesn't work, but every team's got one of those, and I hate them with a passion. Mm. You don't get much of that once you get to the top level. <laughs> no, that's not my point, right? You guys can all hit that long diagonal. You know, maybe not every time, but you can pretty much all do it. And you know where you should be, right? The one thing about playing lower like, level football is, is it is your IQ. Yeah, athletics aside, it's the IQ. No one really knows where the fuck they're doing or where they should be. Running around like freaking, you know, mm-hmm. chickens with their heads cut off. That was like MLS when I came back. <laughs> was it really? Oh, was that the comparison? Yeah. Like when you first came back? Oh, it was it was wild, man. It was crazy. I just didn't understand. I mean, the amount of times I asked players in the game, like, why did you just make that run? That just did not make sense. Oh my god, Jimmy, was, you were that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were I was that guy. <laughs> and that's that's me defending somebody. I'm like, why? Where are you going right now? Like, the ball's there. You should not be making. Okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. I'll go with you then. Make the run. I was like, fucking hell, it was crazy. And then after 20 minutes in a match, it opened up and it was just end-to-end. Like, tactics went out the window. Gone. Did you find when you first came to TFC, Jimmy, you you were actually acting as a coach a lot as well in those sessions? Yeah, a lot of the times. You know, I, Look, even when when Deech and Robbo and a lot of the guys came back from, from Europe, we'd be all saying it. Because when, when you're in Europe, it was it's all tactics. Everything's tactical. You know exactly where people are going, the movements, and you can read other players as well, just – by their movement, their little runs that they're doing, what what's going on. But when I came back to MLS, it was I had no idea what was going on. Like tactically, just people were they were it was clueless. Mm. Remember talking to John Carver about that. And he goes, I can't believe I'm coaching basics. Mm-hmm. Basics that you would just expect these guys to know. And yeah. he, he found that very difficult. Although it was, it was that's bad. what you have to do as a coach. And, and MLS now, when you look at it, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's completely different. Football is so much better. Mm-hmm. Tactically, it's good. It's organized. There's more discipline. 
but back when I when I first came back, oh, it was terrible. Yeah, it was unwatchable. Some of it. Yeah, I called about a hundred thousand games of it. Yeah, <laughs> you just don't know what players are doing. You're like, fucking, what formation's this, or where's that guy going, and mm-hmm. why is the left back playing right wing? Even good players. I mean, John Work, legendary John Work at Ipswich Town, Liverpool, Scotland. He used to get frustrated with the guys in the championship or the, the second division at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, three days ago. <laughs> no, it, it was three days ahead of everybody. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> do, do we have a new a new impression from Craig? The John Work impression? <laughs> so like spoke. Kermit. <laughs> that was when he used to make the late runs for midfield and he great great header of the ball amazing header of the ball they made these old runs that's all you'd hear is <laughs> <laughs> and if he didn't get it he'd be like oh fucking three days ago <laughs> <laughs> can you have him say uh hi ho kermit the frog here but in his voice <laughs> that's right that was because of his underbite <laughs> No, we, it, we want to hear it. Yeah. What, Kermit the Frog? Yeah. yeah. Hey-ho, was it? Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here. Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Yeah, and also sounds like Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Um, I want to hear Bobby Ferguson have a little chat with John Walk. That's what I want to hear. Oh, God. Oh, Fergie. That'd he used to love John Walk. Look at him. Look at him stand in that wall. He's brilliant in the wall. Look at him. Just stand there. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and then Honestly, what would you walk say back? You surprise him. And they come in and go, you're all shite. You see Worky there in the wall? It's like, what? He was standing on the fucking wall. <laughs> yeah, he was brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. And then what would he say back? <laughs> yeah. What would John Walk say? Yeah, fucking three days ago. The fucking lads <laughs> 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 fucking Muppets. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, before we move on to anything else, um, Jimmy, you're talking about the difference when you came over from England and then into MLS, and it it has come along leaps and bounds, right? If you watch yeah. MLS now and and the guys and and the type of education that they've had coming up through the ranks here, um, did you guys see Lindsay Horan's comments? So she's been named captain. She was named captain of the U.S. Women's National Team by Vlatko Andonovsky. Um, and then Emma Hayes is coming in. Um, I believe Haran will, will still keep that armband, but she uh, was interviewed by Meg Linehan in, uh, Linehan in The Athletic. And she made some comments because she's been playing um, over at Lyon for, for a while now. She was at Thorns before that. But she made a comment talking about how she kind of threw her mom under the bus, um, but then also U.S. fans in general saying that they just listen to the commentary, they listen to the pundits, and they take that word as being truth and uh, are not educated compared to European fans or the French fans and is being absolutely, like, raked over the coals for it. Is she right? I don't think so. I think there's still a a disparity. There's still a gap just in terms of, of the culture and the overall knowledge. But I think North American... Uh, fans have have come a long way and I think women's football fans in particular because that's what we're discussing I think if you're an ardent follower of the women's national team uh, not just a fan in passing um, you you know the game and you're following NWSL you're following these teams over in Europe you're watching a lot of games I think if they're not just like clapping for the goals and clapping for the long balls you know I think they're 
I think they're they're plugged in and they know what's going on. So I, I the, the motivation for those types of comments, I don't think they were pulled out of context, but she's going to have to walk them back, I think. Yeah, but no matter what league you're playing, what country you're playing, you should never listen to the fans, really, should you? What do no. fans I mean fans are, are, are they're they're driven by their heart, not their head, that they're blinkered opinions. Most fans I know, they have a general understanding of the game, myself included. But when it comes down to deep understanding of tactics and strategies, most of them, again, myself included, don't have a fucking clue. We watch the games, we enjoy the games. You, you really, you, you should not listen. Because when you, when you get into, I, you guys, you get into a deep tactical conversation, right? I get lost very quickly, to be honest with you. I don't have that understanding. So you should definitely keep your, your ears closed when you're, when you, talking or listening to maybe it's a fan forum or whatever it is call, don't call in radio god forbid no you don't. can't listen you can't listen to all that you'd, you'd go mental if you did you can't but people do unfortunately right like yeah as a player you cannot go onto onto these websites and listen to the social media you stay well away from it but many people do though yeah and it ends right. up killing them yeah yeah i don't know um, all right, so, so moving on, speaking of um, different levels, CPL, right? So CPL's come a long way even in the, in, in the five years. Big games coming up uh, in the Champions Cup today, actually. Forge in action. Um, also uh, Vancouver, of course, in action as well. Um, first of all, I, I, I like the rebrand to the Champions Cup. The, the logo looks really cool. Um, there's more money at play now. I know Wong has done a lot of homework on, on the Champions Cup. I just started following the CONCACAF Cup on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. It's Guadalajara, exciting, Forge, Yep, down at Tim Hortons tonight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, by the time many people have listened to this podcast, that whole game will be done. So let's not break it down too much. But, uh, Jimmy, it's weird, though, right? Because preseasons have just begun, like barely yep. begun. And, and in Hamilton and Forge's case, they're jumping right in it at the deep end. <laughs> How yeah. difficult is that? Yeah, it's it really is difficult. Because it, you're, you're almost having a mini preseason to get yourself ready for this match. And then your season, when what, they're going to start in end of April, beginning of May? April then, 13th, I think, is the first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Mid-April. Mid so you're going to play a match now. You might have one or two after, but it's just maintaining. It becomes an awful long season. Mm -hmm. So if they're playing this match in February, obviously they've started january training and more than likely they're indoor as well so you're not getting the proper training that you want and now you're going january february march your season starts in april so trying to manage the players to make sure that they've got their fitness levels where they should be to finish a full season after this it's it's very difficult with the with the coaching staff i mean i'm sure they've they've sat down with the uh with the sports science group and gone through absolutely everything to figure out how that they're, how they're going to maintain these players and get them ready for not only this match, but also for the season. And the, those levels are going to continue because remember when you're playing in the season, you want to peak towards the end of the season as you're going into those playoffs, as you're going into finals, that's where you want to peak. You, you don't want to be going the other way. So trying to get these loads right and, and prepare these players, it's very, very difficult. And even for the players, it's hard. Getting your loads right. <laughs> Getting your loads right, it's difficult. It is really, really hard. 
I, I just just lost that cricket. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever have to manage it, uh, Jimmy, as as a player? Were you, did you ever have to experience that, or as a coach when you were a member of the? His load? No, not at, no. I'm not talking about managing loads. <laughs> yeah, we we uh, at TFC we we were we played Champions League as well, so that was that started a different time, and then I think also as well where. Um, you know, seasons are are just finishing, and then you're going into maybe Concacaf tournaments or World Cup qualifiers, and so now those coaches get a hold of you, and they're trying mm-hmm. to manage you as well now to continue that, you know, that form. And it's it is it is difficult as a player, um, and I think because when you have so many games and so many games at different times, uh, your body's like that; it's up and down and. And I used to hate it at times because I would think, okay, I've just finished the season and now I'm going into a summer where maybe we've got Confederation Cup, maybe we've got World Cup qualifying or we've got the Gold Cup. And then by the time that's done, you might have a week off and then you're going back into a preseason to get yourself ready for that next season. So that I always found that difficult and I never felt right a lot of the times going into that that next season. I felt tired and fatigued. And at Toronto FC, the same when we when we went into Champions League, you know, we had that mini preseason to get ourselves going to to go play these games. So it's it, it is very difficult for for coaches as well because you can see the coaches always trying to talk and trying to figure it out and how to maintain the body because, like all of us, we're we're used to structure where you're saying, okay, here's your, here's your season. You're going to do six weeks before go into the season. Away you go. But when you start bringing all these other different games in at different times of the year, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's difficult to manage at times. No, we came back here early for a, a UEFA uh, tournament with West Ham, and we had an early round against a, which should be just a punch bag from Finland, and we ended up winning the match one nil. But holy shit, we we're the after like an hour, the fitness levels of the Finnish players that were playing already mid season in in their country um, started to take hold, and they uh, they gave us a good game. Yeah, well, because you you even think with Ford right now. Who who are they going to play against, and who are they going to prepare with? You know, to, to get yourself ready for that game. It's not like it, there's other teams that are in season or other teams are in a preseason right now that they can go play, right? Yeah. It's yeah. it's hard for them to get get games. I, I know they went down there. I think it was Mexico they went down to, and they, I think they had a couple of friendlies against some reserve teams. But it's it's different. To, it's difficult to get that quality height standard that you normally get during a preseason of games that you're looking for. Yeah. And put in the fact that this Chivas team are, you know, they're a quality footballing team. Yeah. And we, they're playing right now. Can we yes. also talk about it'll be on one soccer? Mm-hmm. Because they're back. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Lazarus. They're back from the dead. Lazarus. I think that's what Jimmy just said. Lazarus. Lazarus. Lather. Lather. That's when, when David Bowie took his teeth out. That's how he said his, his last album. <laughs> Lazarus. Forrest, did any? I was going to ask Jimmy this question, but did anybody? Because Calvin Phillips, what, back from I think Qatar, he wasn't the only one who showed up out of shape. But Pep called him out publicly for showing up mm-hmm. a bit fat, a bit tubby. So did anybody ever show up at preseason, like really out of shape, like embarrassingly, where they were they were you know rolls around the middle like fat? Yeah, yeah. John Hartson. Yeah, John Hartson showed up a stone overweight and we were only off for I think two and a half weeks. So he's putting on about a pound a day. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what what is it? 14 pounds in a stone? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's significant, right? That's that's impressive. That's serious eating and drinking. Yeah. That's a guy that you knew when he retired was always gonna pack it on. Yeah. He's got really into the is it Hartson's into the CBDs? Mm. Yeah, he's, he's into the CBD. CBD. Yeah, yeah. This is another one, right? Mm-hmm. When he played, when he played, he didn't cut the typical footballer figure, did he? Prototype. No, he always had a little bit of a Darby Kelly. <laughs> Darby <laughs> Kelly. Oh, belly? Belly? What is that? Belly. What does belly. that mean? It's Who is Darby Kelly? A belly. Talking rhyming slang for belly. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to turn the question around. Dubs, anyone show up out of shape on your teams? <laughs> Let's fat shame someone. <laughs> Uh, doesn't work so well, does it? I think we've done this before, though. I think this, we, we've had a fat shaming conversation with Dubs before, haven't I we? Think with we a certain have coach. Done. Yeah. D- I'm not going to call anybody out. And nobody James ever. Charbon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nobody ever did want. show up out of shape, but depending who the coach was and, and their standards, like different, different body types weren't always welcome. Even like if it worked in, in the players. No, just a, a bigger body, bigger frame. And that served them well in the field. Uh, you know, if you were shielding the ball or you were a target player or you were a defender, um, sometimes that extra weight helped you out. And I even talked about mm-hmm. how when I, I got a little bit light after coming back from an injury, it was to my detriment. Yeah. So it's always finding that balance that you need as a player. But if you have a coach who's old school and thinks, all my players have to adhere to this, you know, very narrow standard in terms of what I believe a footballer should look like. And you fall out of that tiny scope, then you're kind of fucked. And not only will you not get playing time, but you're going to have to, you know, you're going to be in the gym, you're going to be on the bike, you're going to be on the treadmill, you're going to be in the, all these extra workouts until you get down to what is deemed an arbitrary, desirable weight. And it can be really, mm-hmm. really um, kind of poisonous, I think, especially in, in women's football, but across all football, no matter what your gender. I felt what sorry the- for guys that put or, or people that put on weight so easily. It's just really difficult to deal with. To be very I'm glad very- you're empathetic for me and Charms, mm-hmm. Craig. Yeah, thank you, Craig. That's nice. That's all right. Well, that's such a sweetheart. He's looking what, straight what, what at is you. The, what is the go-to metric in football? Is it? Don't is it, forget like, me. Is- <laughs> w Jones. jc is for cookie just... <laughs> um yeah what what is the go-to metric still in football is it is it weight because it shouldn't be weight weight is such an arbitrary number right some people who are five foot eight and 185 and they're in great shape others are in terrible shape right so is, is it bmi I mean, is that even yesterday's metric no B- bmi is kind of archaic yeah yeah, because you're not taking into account your body composition. Is it muscle mass? Yeah, you're looking at your muscle mass. You're looking at your body composition. You're looking at your VO2 max. You're looking at all of these metrics and how it all fits into your specific positions and the demands on you in that position. Because a center back's role versus a central midfielder versus a striker or a center forward or a goalkeeper are going to be entirely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel good about that because now I'm only 53 on the BMI. No, but so now three. <laughs> but keep keep in mind when you know to to go on what Dubs is saying for all that work that they do to figure out what your best. Really, that that's going to tell you what your fighting weight is. That's going to be your fighting weight. Once they go through all the testing, they'll say, "Okay, this is what you you should be weighing for your height, for your body structure, who you are. This is where your fighting weight is. This is your yeah. your range. You're optimal." And, 
yeah, and this is where you got to stay within. So that it, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when you do all Range. that, yeah, it does come down to your weight to say this is where you're at. Mm-hmm. And then when you do get on the scales, it's like, okay, I've put on five pounds, six pounds. I need to make sure that I get back to my fighting weight. Right? Even what if you have a If, if you're meant to be a, a middleweight and you eat too much and you end up a heavyweight, well, you're going to get killed and you're not performing the way that you should be, right? That's your category. That's where you are in this area, in that range. You know what we should do? You know, uh, so next Thursday, we're having a Footy Prime Summit. Dubs is coming to town. Two Thursdays. Podcast. Two Thursdays, sorry. Uh, Dubs is coming into town. Do a podcast. Then we go out for dinner. Let's do a pre-dinner weigh-in. Oh, no. And then, and then do a post-dinner weigh-in and see who can... Who oh, can we're going to put it on put social. The most weight, yeah, put the most weight on over that two hours. Well, I think that's a brilliant <laughs> idea. I think it's brilliant. And even more than that, um, I wanted to bring something up. Ever since we So went, to speak. Every, 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 There's every, one of freaking puking in the washroom. His sack's bringing him down, but he wants to bring something up. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you um, manage that load before you. Yeah, you I, I want to thank Dubs because ever since she came into town last year and we went to that vegan restaurant, I've been getting spammed by Planta nonstop <laughs> because I booked. So I just want to thank you for the for the Planta spam dubs all this time. You're welcome. Every single day they have another special, and I'm <laughs> I'm really not enthused by any of it. <laughs> you know you can hit unsus- unsubscribe, right? You know you can. <laughs> are we? We could be doing a uh, Asian food, are we? On the. Uh, Jeez, I don't know. That. Yeah, let's do Asian food. Yeah, I, I, I leave it to Dubs here, right? Because it's easier there. We go to the keg; she's got less options. Yeah, the keg. Go to an Asian or, or restaurant. Or good Indian. Mm. Yeah, Indian. Oh, Indian. We did Indian. We've Shrimp already done my veggie stuff again. Yeah, we've <laughs> already. <laughs> Remember you dribbled the shrimp curry all over the vegan stuff? It's like, yeah. fuck, Forrest. Oh, that was so funny. That was so funny. I was using the same spoon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We had no respect for dubs whatsoever. Zero we respect. Ordered, out of the, uh, the 17 dishes we ordered, like there were three vegan, and we're just drizzling all the, the, the animal yeah. juice all over it. Pass <laughs> me that, will you? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, let's go for a curry. Let's do that. No, yeah. I'm up for a curry. On board. Yeah. They make great vegetable dishes. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Wicked. Um, hey, so February 9th is the Turkish transfer deadline. There are rumblings out there, rumors. And I'm not sure from how great the sites are, but about the Besiktas talking to TFC about Lorenzo Insigne. What do you think the odds are, Craig, that uh, by the time we reconvene on, on Friday, which should be the 9th? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Like on the top of it, it just doesn't make any sense. They can't afford him in Italy to go back on his wages. I don't know how they would manage it in Turkey. Yeah, they might be interested. They might have made a call that said, yeah, we're willing to pick up 10% of his wages and you can mm-hmm. eat the rest of it and we'll take him. That's the only way he's going. Yeah. His salary is way too high. He's not, he's, he's unhappy, but he's not going, he's not going to leave the money. Mm-hmm. No. They've overpaid for him, massively overpaid, and that's why they're in a situation right now they can't get rid of him because nobody's going to touch him, mm-hmm. which shows you it's a bad business deal. Is there a, a, a case he made, though, that you're better off? I'm not saying this is the case with him. I have no idea how he's doing in preseason. He scored a goal against Nashville. Um, but is there a case he made that, that a toxic teammate is better off no matter what, just not being around the team than being on the team 
no matter how how good he he or she may be. So, for example, is TFC better off just paying his wages to play somewhere else than than make a very awkward yeah. situation the regular situation? That's a tough one to pass by the board at MLSE. Oh yeah. <laughs> Imagine he's that conversation. <laughs> so yeah, you're exactly. telling me we're going to pay him half his wages and he's not playing for us and he's going to go over to Turkey and play? Yep. Ooh. That doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, but MLSC, they've done one. it before with the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, the money ball situation. Remember that scene with David Justice and uh, Billy Bean in Moneyball where Brad Pitt's talking to that player and he's like, the New York Yan- Yankees think this is what they think of you. They're paying half your salary, right? <laughs> Whereas getting rid of them, there's there's some there's subtraction in winning sometimes in success. That's all. Well, how, you, how many years did he have left? Pardon me. In how many years left? Twenty six. Oh, no, two thousand twenty six. Not twenty six years. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I, thought, I was like, "What? Yeah, He's gonna right. make twenty six? It's, it's a Chelsea contract for twenty six years. Twenty twenty six. That's when his contract's up. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, mm-hmm. they better well, hope I, he decides to. Listen, to show he, up. he scored against Nashville. Maybe he's turned the corner. Who knows? Insigne is also a nepo baby. He's, People he's don't realize that. Charms. I I know, Jimmy. I'm trying to look at the glass being half full here. You never know. Is Dad Gary Coleman longer? No, 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 <laughs> Gary Coleman. No, no, uh, Oprah and Seinfeld. <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, that's why Insignia is such a joke. <laughs> Do you think that's why we haven't heard? It's not exactly the same thing, a same situation, but with Richie at Whitecaps. Like, do you think that the Whitecaps are in conversation with Forrest to try to see if they can take on some of that salary so that he's take, he, taking a little bit less space on the on the books in Vancouver? I would think that conversation is happening. Yeah, Forrest are not in a great position as far as Richie Larea goes. I mean, they have they've proven that they they don't they don't want him. Mm-hmm. So, but he remains can't. in limbo. I, like, what's going to happen with him? I know, I know. Yeah, see, they signed the uh, re-signed Ryan Gold to a long-term contract. That's great news for Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Not just a great player, right? But a guy that totally loves that that lifestyle. And you do wonder about Canada and the World Cup, and maybe getting his papers in order to be available. Because remember we spoke to John Carver? Yeah, and he didn't know who he was. Yeah, he didn't, did he really? He didn't have much mm-hmm. information about him. Like He's not yeah, on the really. radar. No. He doesn't see him for Scotland. I would jump at getting Ryan Gold available for Canada. 100% Absolutely. you would You'd go after him. Yeah. I know, the Whitecaps uh, also got Fafa Pico, right? Because Betcher left. Um, and that's like last month. His last month, so out of touch. I've got to get in touch with mm. the MLS mm-hmm. offseason. There's also, I wanted one more question for Dubs, though. Dubs, they're talking about investing $870 million oh, into the Big O's roof. And I'm sitting there reading this. And who uses the Big O anymore? The, it's a myth. The Expos are gone. I know, but the Expos are gone. The Big O's Scudo a myth. for soccer. Uh, the Bell Center for hockey. And monster trucks. Oh, it's mo- like honestly, <laughs> probably. Like, is this more of a teardown? Like, what is going oh, on? Oh, it there? is a te- and- it was a teardown like 20 years ago, and they said it was too expensive to tear down. CFL's at M- M- Molson Stadium. Like, I'm just trying to who 
what is going on here and why are they trying to keep that thing alive? It's been I don't a- know. It's really, it's really, really strange. Um, because like they're they're talking about the price tag on it to to rebuild it or to get in the the new roof and to fix it up, but they haven't that's not even talking about what it's gonna cost. Like they they've put out some pictures about what the inside is gonna look like. But I mean that that's a tremendous amount of work as well. So that price tag is going to be is not doubled, but it's going to be way more than that. Mm. And I are you he, do you have any insight? Like CF Montreal uh, plays at Saputo. Would they ever consider moving to a revamped, refurbished Big O? Or is that and have you have you ever been there for a for a match? Yeah, like, CF Montreal that? consistently uses it at the beginning of the season. So they go on the road. They were in Arizona first. They came back and they trained indoors for a week. And then they left this past Sunday to go down to Florida. And so they're basically on the road for a really extended period. Their opening game is against in Orlando on the on the 24th of February. Um, and then they would usually have kind of beginning of March, mid-March, they would have their home opener or <laughs> soft open, gross, um, at the Olympic Stadium. <laughs> and uh and they just last year put in fifa approved turf because there had been a, a ton of injuries w- with the team just kind of dealing with the rigors of preseason and being on an, an artificial surface so they put in the best stuff and then there's been pictures that have resurfaced because then the roof was deemed unsafe and then of of that surface just completely ripped up and so again just like burning money yeah why wouldn't they take a fraction of that money that they're going to put into the big O and then revamp CF Montreal stadium. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, Cause it's, it's up to the city. It's up to Valerie and Plant, the mayor can, and the government. You can, use, you can use the stadium whenever you like. They're yeah, not giving money to that. They're not giving money to Saputo for that. No, but it, it doesn't, doesn't make sense to fix a, the O for 870 million, whatever. Mm. It's just no, ridiculous. it doesn't. And it's to the detriment of, of, of healthcare and, and other, you know, investment in, in citizens and, and in services. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's that really, could help really out strange. 870 people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. a good example of, and, and reason why Olympics and world cups are becoming more difficult for a country or a city to to be able to cope with and not leave these big white elephants after. I mean, look at the World Cup in South Africa, in Brazil, Qatar. Well, even Victor, I mean, he did talk about uh, Victor Montagliani at that event we went to was saying that, hey, every, every match is like a Super Bowl. Um, but the article that I was reading uh, that I sent in our, our WhatsApp dark web, it was talking about in the summer, hotels and tourism is already kicked off. So it's not zero to 100, it's 50 to, so they that number they come mm-hmm. up with is always overinflated. Anyways, mm-hmm. that was just another conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but exciting times for Montreal though. Lots of signings in the off season. They just signed Joseph Martinez. So mm-hmm. obviously Good in signing. decline, yeah. And, it, and it, it'll be interesting to see how he how he slots in. But uh, Chino Afour, who has saw lots of time last year um, and was was highly criticized, I think you're you're probably getting an, an upgrade there. You're likely getting an upgrade because it's a guy who might not be giving you the same type of goal output that he you know the, when he was competing for Atlanta since all those injuries. He's kind of been on the de- on the decline, but he's a guy who's going to be a connecting piece. 
I think he's he's going to connect well, link up with other players on the field, and then you know also uh, tons of other signings. I don't know if if Ruan is an upgrade from Herrera, um, you know, but you bring in a guy like Yankov, you bring in a guy like um, like Kokoro, uh, uh, you know, like really exciting signings and this talking about play. load management and Yankov. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Not Wankov, Sharms. <laughs> sorry, Yankov. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. That was a, that was a good uh, CF Montreal update, Dubs. And just so everyone knows, we're going to be doing more MLS this season. Mm-hmm, As it comes up, Sharms and I have already uh, spoken about it. So our mandate will be more MLS content from our three experts. There may forest. even be separate MLS podcasts entirely. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. There will be. Yeah, there will be. Yeah. yeah. More news to come. Um, so... Looking at the uh, CONCACAF Cup tonight, TonyBet.ca, the odds uh, are home teams Forge against Guadalajara and the Whitecaps against Tigres. Uh, you can get Forge at plus 440 right now at home Ooh, against Guadalajara. Well, they and, were even uh, uh, speaking speaking about that match, Sharms. All the CF Montreal, uh, the, the Costa, Smirnionis, um the CPL teams, the commissioner, we're all talking about. We wanted it to be minus fifteen. Yeah, I know, and, yes. and it's yeah. the Not warmest part of the, our winter right now in, in southern Ontario. Uh, the Caps, you can get at plus two ten at home to beat Tigres. Wow, um, Tigres on the road at plus one fourteen. Mm. So that's AntonioBet.ca. So I might, uh, I might wager a little oh, bit no. tonight. I didn't I use the word. Sprinkle. I, I like seeing, like seeing her cringe. Look at her face; she's cringing right there. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find those games as mentioned on One Soccer, which uh, is still around at the moment, at least, which is great news. And you can find that on FuboTV.com. So if you haven't subscribed and want to support Canadian football, support the Whitecaps, support Forge tonight on FuboTV.com/slash Footy Prime. Yeah, and, and support Footy Prime. Follow us, watch, listen, yes. subscribe. Subscribing really helps everyone, just so you know, for the podcast, because that means uh, downloads come automatically. So it doesn't matter what level of shit we throw out, you're going to be listening to it. So please. <laughs> Let's stand. Can, can I just say a little aside for support? Um, GP mentioned to me, he's like, oh, I saw the, the opening for the 500th show. It looked really fun. He said, I had a hard time kind of hearing the, the lyrics, but JC did a good job. And I was like, oh, you saw that on Twitter? He's like, yeah. I was like, did you like it? He was like, oh, I, I, I can't remember. I was like, GP, <laughs> let me see your Twitter. He didn't like it. He doesn't follow footy prime. He didn't retweet it. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> he's like oh well i'm not really on twitter i was like i don't care what do you mean he follows me now he, jp followed me he's funny and i follow good. him now yeah yeah tony has like- no idea either like I, last night i mentioned something to us something quite exciting and like the look of disinterest in her face was palpable it's like <laughs> mm. uh, uh, that's nice well tassie tassie's like uh so uh law and order comes out uh soon we're gonna have a are you gonna watch law and order canada law and order toronto um i'm I'm like, of course I will. I go, when are you going to listen to Footy Prime? <laughs> right? Doesn't support any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In fairness, if you're not a fan of football, like you you, you, you either love it or you hate it, right? Football, really. Mm. And you have no interest in listening to our podcast, even though so much of it is not about football. 
We should cut like a weekly podcast, all the non-football conversations we have. We should. And put there's that another, as a podcast. There's another podcast. We talked about doing that for Lori, right? Yes. Mm. Yeah, that's for right. Sister. Yeah. yeah. Cut out all the bullshit about football. Yeah. <laughs> pretty prime. There's a fair And all amount. the other stuff. <laughs> and, all, and for all the business people on LinkedIn, Bonnie Walsh. Yes. Did a big, she, she, Bonnie Walsh, I learned all about her. Bonnie works at uh, National, National Bank. Bank. As a senior advisor, Ooh, she should senior advise and to sponsor us. If yeah, you no, tell no. us where she lives, you're you're. Yeah, I'm doxing her. I'm doxing her. <laughs> but yeah, also people forget about LinkedIn, right? How important it is actually to uh, engage and yeah. to. Do you do you follow a LinkedIn? Is it considered following? What's it called? It's not called follow. Is it? Know. It's called something different. I don't know. Do but you know that Craig has a has a LinkedIn profile that he probably hasn't seen? I've seen <laughs> it more. Just tagging him. He still hasn't accepted my request to connect. <laughs> I know. I'm ignoring that on purpose. <laughs> on purpose? <laughs> Going back to the whales and mammals. <laughs> um, we didn't get to any mail sacks today, but we're out of time. Uh, maybe on Friday. I know there's some great comments uh, following Monday's show. Wow, that flew we- by. We're doing sexy six. We'll see. Um, so much yeah, to do. yeah. Well, well, maybe we'll shorten it a little bit. Maybe a sexy four. I think uh, Chris Corrigan suggested that it's not a bad idea. You know, also, it is hard I'm, to cram six in. I would love to hear more about CF Montreal, TFC. Just a little conversations uh, about what you guys caps. see and the Whitecaps to see what you who guys you're playing think tonight going to happen. I mean, I didn't realize it was the twenty. I mean, the twenty fourth dubs for Montreal's season opener. That's yep. like two weeks away. Yep. It's crazy. And all the best to Forge and Whitecaps. 100%. Good luck. Flying the flag high tonight. Yeah. All right, it's been Furry Prime. Um, glad you joined us. We'll see you on Friday. Actually, we got, actually, no, we got another show tomorrow. Don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's confirmed, right? Yeah, it's all confirmed. He confirmed with me. All right, so we're talking to a special part tomorrow with uh, CONCACAF president. FIFA Vice President Victor Montaliani. Uh, we'll talk all things football. Uh, any questions you have for Victor, uh, let us know through our social channels. All right. That'll be tomorrow, probably late afternoon, evening, it will drop. Yep. And uh, we shall also be here on Friday morning. Lots of podcasts for you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Cheers for listening. See you later. This episode of Footy Prime has been brought to you by Fubo TV and by Tony Beck. Make sure to subscribe to Footy Prime wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Footy underscore Prime and on Instagram at Footy Prime IG. Hey, so it's so weird not saying uh, keep buying newspapers. You got to keep it. Got to say another one. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.